welcome to the Coaching Uncovered podcast, the podcast where coaches come to talk about coaching. My name is Brent Davis and I'm the host of the podcast and I am back on the Australian path again today. I had an international on the show last week, but I'm back on that path of the recent graduates that are out there killing it. So I've got Regan McGovern in to have a chat with uh, today with me. Thanks for coming in, Regan. Brent, thank you so much for having me, mate. Really appreciate it. It's um, As people have heard me say over the last few weeks, I've had so many of you good young coaches out there that are doing such really cool things, um, blowing up my social <laughs> timelines, which is which is really cool. Um, but it's good to see you guys do so well. But for those that don't know you, can you give us a bit of a background on the Regan story? Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, so um, I'm a golf professional, um, PGA of Australia member, um, 30 years old, currently uh, living in Melbourne, been here just before lockdown, which obviously will, um, uh, COVID will actually talk a little bit about. Perfect timing. Uh, grew up um, in Newcastle, New South Wales, um, so obviously had a bit of a, a bit of a change recently. Um, golf's been in my life for many, many years, probably I would say 15 to probably 17 years. Um Always had an interest, uh, obviously, in playing the game of golf like all of us do as we start. Uh, then started to develop into junior coaching, just trying to uh, improve golf with skills, maybe give some information relating to what I felt like maybe I missed. Um, and just, yeah, just trying to bring more people into the game and just trying to, you know, make people as the best they can. And uh, it's something that I'm passionate about doing. And yeah. Well, quickly, because you played, grew up in, uh, you said you grew up in Newcastle. Um, I did. Pretty awesome golf course in up there. Very much so. Our futures in the day as a, as a trainee were at there. We're ah, at, okay, right. At Newcastle Golf Course back in the late nineties, so had the had the pleasure of playing there. So, did you grow up playing that course? Well, I didn't actually grow up playing there, but I did do part of my traineeship there, and I uh, was a member there and played pennant. So, yeah, I've I've had many around at Newcastle. Yeah, it's um such a good good track there. But you you said that you said that you didn't get some things early on when you were a player as a um when you were uh, developing your own golf skills. Can you talk me through what your junior golf days were like? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I got to somewhat of a, I suppose, borderline elite level when I was sort of 15, 14, 15 years of age. Um, now, in saying that, I did, I was very lucky to have, um, you know, some good coaching. Um, Jason Laws, who actually is at Newcastle, he taught me an absolute heck of a lot. Uh, and I still very much take some of what he taught me to this day. Um, I feel, I suppose, looking back from a coach's perspective now, looking back as myself as a player, I think it was very much more the amount of hours you put in, the amount of golf balls, you'll get better. I just feel like, obviously, given we know so much more now, um, there just maybe wasn't the information and structure we had uh, back then, what we do now. And I feel like I put a lot of work in, you know, obviously enjoyed my golf, played played all over Australia, did a little bit of stuff internationally, but relative to maybe how much effort I put in and, and hard work, I just don't feel like I maybe reached my expectations. And I'm sure many of us can... Um, I suppose you're in the same boat there, would, would agree with that. You, you were probably on that borderline edge of the, like, again, I've been playing golf for years and years and years, <laughs> but I was yeah. taught to, to get out and grind golf balls and hit goal, hit balls, hit balls. You were probably on that borderline of when it was starting to change around smarter practice, so to speak, as opposed to just getting out there and hitting hundreds and hundreds of golf balls. So you probably just didn't quite get that information. Um, Definitely, yes. Yeah, but certainly hitting golf balls for hours after hours after hours doesn't guarantee success, as we, no. as we all found out. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's cool that you've taken some of that stuff on board as a player and be able to 
get it into your your own your own coaching with your students. But um, so you started off with the trainee program. So talk me through your experience in the trainee program. It's kind of a common question I'm asking. Yes. some of the the guys that have come out recently. For so sure. Talk me through your experiences of the trainee program. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, we had a lot to um, do with each other. Um, you know, early on doors. Obviously, mine's a little bit of a uh, longer road than maybe it, what what it might have been. Um, but even just prior to that, even when I was probably 15 or 16, you know, getting towards you know close to the end of high school, you know, thinking what I want to do. Always for like for many many years, always had the goal. You know, wanted to become a PGA professional. Knew was there was apprenticeship and traineeship uh, as part of that. And I, someone that I definitely took longer in the program than obviously what I would have. Um, I personally definitely struggled from an education side in terms of very much on my part. I, was, I definitely got lots of help. I've always been someone that struggled to sit down and having to write or to alliterate stuff. I've always been really, really good at more the practical side, you know, talking, um, creating things as opposed to typing. And obviously, we've had many conversations over the years. I was a shocker not putting assignments on time, you know, you know, having to repeat stuff, all those sorts of things. That sort of side obviously took longer, but the whole experience was fantastic. It's something um, I obviously... 100%. Um, I'm glad I did. I, I would never change that. Many great relationships that I've got today. Um, obviously, yourself, uh, many, many PGA uh, of Australia members, obviously, that we have great relationships with. But definitely on the education side of things, compared to the way I am now, I, I definitely, if I had my time again, I would definitely put more effort, get my head in the books, and uh, just be much more better with my time. There's no question about that. It's a, a challenging space because you, as we've, I've said before on the podcast, you're essentially a full-time player, full-time student, yeah. and a full-time um, worker as well. So you're doing all these different roles full-time. And yes. if you're not inclined to to a certain path, whether it's the playing side or whether it's the, the study side, yeah. it can be a challenging space to get your head around. And, um, yeah, you obviously weren't the strongest student that we've seen. I go agree. Through. <laughs> I agree how we've seen go through the program but that also makes it good to see you do so well now so for someone that cruises through the trainee program and does great on on the schoolwork side of things Mm -hmm. cruises through the playing and does all that kind of stuff you think okay they're going to be successful yes but to see you essentially struggle through part of it 100 percent, yeah and get through and then get out there and and start to do really, really well is is something you should be proud of, which is really thanks, really mate. Cool. Yeah, de- I, I definitely am, and yeah, appreciate that. Definitely, it's um, it is cool to see. But we've had plenty of phone calls over the years saying, "Why the hell can't you get these assignments <laughs> in on time?" <laughs> I know. Yes, we just have. Get yourself organised and just get this stuff done. But again, it's also yes. a challenging space because all the studies online. You, you, sure. You don't have that teacher standing over you to say, do this and do that. You've, yeah. You have to find that time personally and get out there and do it yourself. So, but exactly. mate, as I said, it's good to see you out there doing it, doing it well. And um, yeah, and we'll certainly we'll go through there. But as I said, it's just, I'm always curious to see how people find the trainee program. And a common thing that's coming up in the podcast is it's good in hindsight. They, they struggle through some of the, the parts of it and think, why am I doing this? And then mm-hmm. they see that. V- value in that in that part of the program as, as they've got out there into the real world so definitely really really cool so did you have the dreams to go and play after you finished the trainee program I'm, I'm sure we all did were, were you serious about playing 
I obviously had, you know, some ambitions I knew I had some ability. And again, probably, I didn't probably as much from when I say first started, you know, sort of around 18. I obviously didn't start quite that young, but had aspirations of that, which as you said, many of us do. Um, I suppose after that time period, probably not as much. And again, it was probably very much, I suppose, on my, my shoulders as to why I got a little bit burnt out in the sense of obviously the shop hours, training, all that sort of stuff. Um, but what really did bring my love back probably five or six years ago was actually getting into coaching. But funnily enough, I can I still remember the day, um, obviously just after the playing test, having the interview and recalling some of the questions, um, you know, why are you doing this? What are you interested in? I still remember it. I, I laughed because someone asked me about coaching. And in my head, I thought, coaching is the last thing on my mind. I, I've ne- At that point in time, I thought it's not something that I necessarily want to do. I'll help people here and there, but it's not something I want to pursue. And, you know, five, six, seven years later, it's essentially I'm very lucky to do that as my job. That's my passion and that's what I love doing. So things have changed, yeah. Yeah, which is cool, to do, cool too. But so what were the goals when you first got out? Was it to be a club pro? Is, is that what the goals were? Well, I think very much in that sense, obviously, I did enjoy maybe being, you know, a trainee slash assistant side of things. I had a had a good passion for sort of club fitting, um, retail, you know, club technology, all that sort of um, things, maybe very, very early stages of sort of junior coaching and clinics. But again, because I hadn't really sort of dived into that at that point, it was more the retail side, possibly getting into the business. But yeah, I suppose one, until I finished things and, and really sort of went out on my own and you know, a couple of years later, I left the shop and sort of was my own boss, and uh, so to speak. And once I did that and, and built myself up, I said, this is what I do. There's, there's no looking back. I've obviously got, got a big road ahead like we all do. We're always learning. But as soon as I started to give more lessons and, and relied on that for my, um, my way of life, I said, this is me for, for the rest of my life. So you've gone and jumped straight into essentially full-time coaching, which is a big step to take straight out of your out of your out of the trainee program. It's not exactly sure. the easiest thing in the world to do. Yes. Um, how did you go about attracting clients as someone who was just brand a uh, brand spanking new? Yeah, for sure. Well, I definitely have to give credit to uh, Ryan Janelle Smith at uh, Chelsea Golf Club. I was very lucky um, just after I left uh, Newcastle. They, I essentially did the rest of my time there and they sort of took me under the wing and got me into junior coaching, you know, clinics, just getting, um, you know, getting my feet wet, so to speak. Um, and then from there, uh, I was very lucky. Rick McLean at the Newcastle Golf Practice Centre, he took me on and essentially mentored me. I'm, I'm very, very grateful. He, he got me started. He would give me lessons he let me advertise and they're probably the two main people that really got me started on the road to coaching okay now i'm going to come back to what you're doing now program wise and how you change what you did when you first started but just throw it out there what were your coaching programs like when you first started yeah they were i, I would say very much not a program it was very much not so much winging it but maybe the the stock standard typical model, model, if I suppose we could call it that, where, you know, have lessons, have a diary there, you know, stand around maybe the counter at the driving range, you know, a, a couple of members from the golf course where I was at Charlestown and just sort of drum up business. I suppose like many of us give a few free lessons to, you know, the member you like, maybe their dad, their son, all those sorts of things. And then slowly ticked away, worked through the juniors, clinic programs and, and then started doing a few lessons. But it very much was all you know, stand around the shop, does anyone want a lesson, give a few tips and almost just try and give my message out there for maybe as little as money as I could, if not free, and then just just build from there and get your relationships better and your communication and things start to grow. 
What are your thoughts on that? Giving giving away free coaching early on because it's I've I've I, I certainly did that early on, mm-hmm. um, but you hear a whole lot of people say that you shouldn't do that. Yes, so I'm, I'm just curious to hear your own thoughts on that on giving away coaching early on. Definitely. So it's it's obviously my model has changed, and obviously, and I'm going to butcher this last name, but Ryan Monet that you've had on recently, yep. I've actually never met him. We're actually um, now good friends through Instagram. I'm actually going to try and catch up with him next year, but we're always talking about that space, so we'll obviously get into that as well. Um, and I suppose my opinion on that is. I suppose twofold from a double-edged sword we you know as golf professionals it's you know obviously our time is money so to speak our our knowledge and the professional advice we give I definitely believe we shouldn't give it away for free but in terms of early stages I think you know any any uh, guy or girl that's starting off I think that sometimes is something you may have to do obviously with the more social media driven age these days like your Instagram um, a skillless that I'm on we'll talk about that as well um, I think that's a way to get your foot in the door maybe give not so much tips away but maybe a little bit of snippets of a lesson you might do maybe some content you feel might help a lot of golfers and then try and obviously track them to your lesson tee and then and then and then grow your brand and your uh, your diary from there it's it, it's a it's a strange space and it's a, it's a hard space and I've I've spoken about it at presentations I've given at training schools and things like that about I've done scoop ons and I've done yes. giving away free lessons and all that kind of stuff and it can be a great way to get a whole heap of potential customers but you need to have the systems in place to be able to convert them into buying customers and that's always the challenge of early agree. on yeah and um, that's something that I've struggled with in the past of being able to convert those cheap coaching seekers into yes. full-time <laughs> students yeah. um, and it, it can be a challenging space but from a purely coaching perspective talk me through what you actually did coaching wise because I know I struggled to have a plan for students early on I know I'd go out and give a half hour coaching session to a student and wouldn't know what I was going to be working on with that student the next time they came out until they turned up on the coaching tee so exactly talk me through your your coaching so to speak early on yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, I, I do look back now, and I know probably many coaches say this. I must apologise to a lot of my students. I would wish I could give a lot of their money back in comparison to it, to my knowledge for now. And like anything, we all learn. Um, but I suppose to properly answer your question, I would say yes. I was probably along that sort of space. Obviously, you know, I wouldn't say young, but on the younger side. On, on my own, so to speak. So I had, had some help from outside sources, but I was essentially running everything myself. And yeah, I, I think obviously we will try and help the person in front of us, but we might, you know, do a 30-minute session, you know, an hour session, as you mentioned, whatever it may be. But I must admit, early doors, I didn't really have plans. I almost thought, hey, if I give someone maybe some good information, maybe, you know, fix their slice, get their contact, all, all the sort of things that we think students want, that's going to get them to book in. And you know what? It took me probably longer than I needed to that people sometimes feel like, hey, they've got the answer, they've got the message, I'm good now. Or conversely, and we'll go more into this, is say, I'll come and see you again when I'm struggling. And that's, yeah, that's that's when a light bulb moment sort of ticked for me. And yeah, things, things I definitely changed the way I produce things and, and my plans and, and progress for students. It is it is challenging because it is easy for that student to get in that habit of only coming to you to fix their problem yeah. as opposed to improving their game. So definitely. talk me talk me through that change in thought process for you. So you said you had a light bulb go off when you when you you thought about that. So talk me through that. Yes. Yeah, definitely. So um, 
the actually where it happened was when I when I was at the range at um, the practice center under Rick. And remember, obviously, he was he's been a very very good mentor, mentor of mine. I still see him when we pop home and just have a chat. Uh, I remember saying that to him, and and he's, we sort of mentioned you know getting retention, getting people, and you know the the best thing that actually helped me was not offering half an hour lessons, believe it or not, actually offering 45 minutes, say 45 minute sessions. And realistically, I would spend an hour, give them more feedback, obviously charge more money. And for every, let's say, person, one out of 10 you lost, I gained nine more people because they're like, this guy's going to spend a little bit more time with me. Before they left the lesson, they got their feedback, they got their analysis. We, we sat down where sometimes in those early half an hour sessions, I'll go, okay, Jim, I'll send you some notes. You know, it was an email, it was a text. It was very not informal whatsoever where now, once again, as that message come through to me, I thought the more value I can give to the person, obviously as things grow, they're going to go, hey, this is good. Give them a bit of a plan again, trying to get them booked in with regularity and almost the more I charged, the more time I gave the person, the busier I got and the better the students got. Which is a which is a huge positive. Yeah, I used to handwrite the notes, mate. Come on, you. <laughs> Have you seen my handwriting? I can't handwrite. <laughs> I I had a carbon copy book, so I used to write. This was good. This was bad, and give yeah. them a, a copy. That was yes. That was how I used to do it when I first started. But um, it sounds like you got on top of that really, really quickly, which is really, really powerful. Yeah. Um, personally for you, how did you deal with those students that said, "I don't want that." I just want you to fix me when things are going wrong and I'll come back when I want to um, and I don't want all that other stuff. How do you deal with those guys? Yeah, so I think obviously it's definitely player and, and golfer dependent, but I think what we got to realise is at the end of the day, we're giving people obviously our, our, some advice, obviously, which they're paying for our time, but at the end of the day, they're, they're there because they want to improve a hobby, obviously, that we've got a passion for. And I suppose I, I never turned golf for away. I never said, see you later. Obviously, we would never do that. But I was quite upfront giving them maybe sort of a plan of attack. Say, hey, you know, within this lesson, we've done X, Y, and Z. You've made great progress. I still think we want to maybe go to a different, you know, skill, whether it's short game or whatever it may be for that particular golfer. And again, you definitely lost some because they just wanted maybe that cheaper option or, the, you know, the YouTube, the quick fix, which we all know is out there. Um, but I think when I sort of stuck to my message, it's not that I got a different calibre golfer. I got more, I suppose, golfers who were keen, were hungry, and they would come more often. They would send me, you know, little emails. Hey, Regan, thanks for this. I'm doing this. So, again, the more I stuck to the message, I weeded out the few that wanted the cheaper option. And, again, I actually probably kept progressing even further than what I did, you know, earlier on to that or prior to that. Which is cool. And it's, it's I think it's good that you stuck to the plan that you thought was best for the client um and i think that's really good if you can you can get them down the right path and just continually maybe just guide them down further down that path yes um that's going to improve them in the long term which is Definitely. which is great as well so this mate it sounds like you switched on really really quickly in your coaching which is which is really awesome it just um I struggled for a lot longer than you did by the sounds of things with getting stuff set up properly. Yeah. So, um, so you said that you've had a few early early pros be a pretty huge influence on you. Is there anyone yes. else out there that's been a huge influence on you? Definitely. Like there's obviously many that, I, that I've never met. You know, you can think of all the instructors we might see. Obviously, PGA Australia seminars we've done. There's countless ones. Andrew Rice, obviously, I saw. You know, you've, you've taught us a heck of a lot. I, I definitely can't um, discount what you've done for us. Um, you know, many others that we might, 
you know, we maybe see on the PGA Tour, whether it's maybe online seminars. But in person, since uh, I've come to Golf Tech um, in February last year, good timing, I know, just before COVID, <laughs> which we'll talk about. Um, but then hopefully the guys are listening. The team at Golf Tech, um, Damon, who's on the business side of things, but more specifically, Dion Kipping and Sam Ortono, they've been instrumental in, I suppose, two sides of things. Sam's very much helped me with communication, retention, which I thought I had a reasonable idea with. But in the last 18 months to two years, I sometimes obviously look back at old lessons. And even in that space of time, you know, still re- reasonably young, but I'm 30, I've got some experience. And I, I even look back two years ago and I think, geez, I've come such a long way. I've improved so, so much. Uh, and then secondary, uh, Dion Kipping, I don't know if you know, know the name Dion or you know the background. I do know Dion for caddying for Aaron yes. Bradley back in the day. Yeah, he's he's taught me a heck of a lot, I suppose, on the specific or scientific side of things with golf swings, but taught me how to, I suppose, have it in your mind and give it to the person. And it's completely changed the way of coaching, I, I find. We've all got opinions, obviously, but it's now very much more into, I suppose, a specific window. It's not oh, we might try this, it'll do this. It's very much, hey, this is the problem. We've got we've got two essential solutions. And he, he's just, he's made me think about things that I probably didn't even think about two or three years ago. I've, I've got to give those guys a heck of a lot of credit. It's been, it's been really helpful, yeah. Awesome. So it sounds like we've got a few more people on the hit list now to come on the podcast. So. <laughs> Definitely. You've got to get Dion on. Definitely. If they are tuning in, I'll, I'll, be, I'll, come, I'll come hunting. So Definitely. Okay, so Sydney boy decided to get up and move to New, Newcastle. Come on, I'm not from Sydney. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm technically from Albury, so I'm te- technically from that side of the border as yes. well. So yes. um, what was the thought process behind coming to Melbourne? Yeah, so – um, how it sort of happened was going back to our, I suppose, conversation about when I was with Rick at the, uh, the driving range, obviously mentored me a heck of a lot. The reason why, obviously, I was enjoying it, I was working, obviously, he supported me and mentored me, but I essentially, obviously, controlled my own lessons and I felt like I sort of, you know, busted my backside, so to speak, did as much as I could with his help and only got so far. So I thought, hey, I've, for the amount of work I'm putting, maybe to put in lessons, the feedback I'm getting, just not so much making enough money, but I'm not as busy as what I thought I would be. There's not as many clients and we're very lucky that it was a great facility, but had next to no one to cover. So essentially if the weather was bad, you couldn't teach. So that's obviously uh, part of it. Um, but my wife, I got her actually, my just got married in February. Um, she, uh, she almost found the job essentially looking for a golf coach, almost stumbled upon it. We'd been talking for probably six months prior about, hey, do we want to move? We looked for some things internationally, Queensland, um, had a couple offers, got quite close, just didn't sort of, you know, get across the line. Uh, and we organized a day, I think it was probably about a month before I, I started, went and met the guys and literally within five minutes I said, hey, what can I do, you know, for, for me to get across the line and had a chat the next day and that that sort of got us on line, but almost by chance, as silly as it sounds, I was I was definitely looking, um, looking to not change what I was doing, but maybe improve, maybe get an opportunity where I could teach more, you know, learn a little bit more. Uh, and golf tech and uh, Melbourne was the place where I am, and it's, uh, it's the best decision um, we've ever made, and I've ever made. Okay, so you're set up at Golf Tech in the yep. city. Is where you're based. We are basically in the heart of the city in Collins Street. 
Um, so the House of Golf retail store is essentially our space. So we're down the bottom level. So they've got three quarters of the space and then at the back wall, uh, there's essentially a petition. And then we're very, very fortunate. We've got nine bays all with TrackMan. We've got high motion cameras, essentially anything you can imagine, not obviously with a golf course sense, but in an indoor setting we've, yeah, we're, I'm in there full time essentially. Yes. So talk me through the challenges you found early on because I know I did when I went from coaching outside to coaching indoors. So you've spent essentially your whole coaching career so far coaching outdoors and being trained outdoors and seeing that outdoors, all of a sudden you're thrown into a CBD location where you're coaching indoors. Talk me through some of the challenges you faced early on. For sure. Um, Well, I suppose the biggest change was the clientele. Majority of, obviously, the golfers we had would come, you know, in in their lunch breaks, sort of between 11 and 2, you know, businessmen and ladies in your corporate sector. That was, obviously, it's changed with COVID a little bit, but that was probably 85 to 90% of the clients. It was much busier in the sense of, I sort of went back to half an hour lessons, where obviously I mentioned before I, I moved to longer. So that was something that I had to manage, obviously, you know, get them in. Obviously, a lot of a lot of people would run late, you know, meetings and, and whatnot. So having to fit them in the space. So, for example, uh, on one of my teaching days, I'll do 12 individual half an hour lessons. Now, it's not that that's 12 hours of teaching, but seeing 12 individual people and obviously 30 minutes with one, the next come in. The first two or three months, I enjoyed it, but it was such a big change. It was much more fast pace, obviously bigger turnover of people. Um, and it was very much, hey, you have to finish on 30 minutes. There's no have a chat for five minutes, have a coffee. They had to go for a meeting. It really, really helped me in a positive way to stick to my time frame, get the message out there. Don't let the student leave until they had it, but you got 30 minutes and not a minute more. Okay. Um, I'm curious about... The indoor coaching. You said that you're obviously getting a whole lot of people coming from uh, coming from work in their break to come yes. down for some coaching. Did you find that it, that it attracts a certain type of golfer? In in many respects, yes. I would probably say you know yeah again eighty five ninety percent of more more than what you'd imagine were reasonable golfers. But again, it was probably your golfer where and we'll talk about obviously the programs I do and we do. Um, yeah, sort of. I had to generalize it, but maybe a 15 to 20 handicapper, obviously both both men and ladies that, you know, might play their Saturday game. You know, they're busy, obviously, in this sector. We're pretty lucky. Money is not an option, but they just wanted help. And obviously, there were restrictions, you know, they're coming down in their dress shoes, their suits, all, all that sort of attire. Um, so it did put more pressure on me to obviously get a good result. Um, you know, not, not worry about sort of what it looks like, but get the ball flying, you know, see something reasonably good on the video, you know, get some track men numbers. But what obviously was quite different, obviously, we know as coaches, track man and all these things are great, but that just, I suppose, provides feedback where in this space, you better know what you're talking about within two or three swings because obviously the data's always there, the video's rolling, there's no way that you can sort of hide it. It very much forced me to to know what I was saying and um, and, and better get it right, essentially. Which, which, is, which is a really true thing because you, you can't essentially – bluff your way through it um yes because if you say something and then the track man data says something else and you've got a golfer in front of you yeah that has a bit of a general idea of what the track man data is supposed to look like most you do can, yeah you can get caught out really quickly definitely which is really challenging mm-hmm. how did you find the switch from essentially spending a bit more time with students over the over the journey early on and then mm-hmm. now all of a sudden to the clock to the second you've got to turn them in turn them out how was that as a coach personally 
Yeah, it's well, it's obviously, and again, we'll talk about this now because obviously I've been on board. I've not sort of changed my model. I'm getting a lot more people into ours um, as well, and obviously, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about that with our models in terms of um, lessons. We don't really have lesson packs, so all all our hence lesson members come in on a frequency basis. So all my golfers come in every week, two weeks, or four weeks. Again, at, at this point in time, you know, obviously just before COVID happened, everyone was essentially half an hour, um, and it, it definitely did. Change change I suppose it forced me to change in, in a good way um, how I spoke I I couldn't maybe you know have long-winded answers I couldn't do maybe some drawn out specific drills it was very much hey we better change this in two or three balls you know a couple of minutes and what the only thing I think that was positive from maybe driving range setting is obviously you know you would know from your experience in the past, you put your bucket of balls down next to them and that person essentially expects we're hitting all these balls in the lesson, I'm not leaving until that happens, where obviously the great thing was in that sense in golf tech where you might only had half a dozen balls. I could put them in a pocket, fish one or two of them, maybe turn off a, a track man data point, maybe not film a few swings. So it was helpful in that space, but it definitely, it definitely made me feel rushed in the early days, but now it's... I think it's a much better concise way. Obviously, I would I definitely say the longer the better to try and get the student improving, but in those early early days it very much fast tracked my my way of coaching and how I delivered um delivered messages for sure. I would tend to be on the same page with regards to those coaching strategies. It's good to only have a handful of balls in front of the student as definitely. opposed to the, the sixty or seventy you put out on the yes. on the, the outdoor coaching session. I I certainly like that, and I do like turning off the tech as well. I, I enjoy taking away the ball flight every now and again mm-hmm. as well, especially for for certain types of students that get a bit over obsessed with where the ball's going yes. when they're yeah. when you're trying to work on on swing changes. So some pretty cool coaching strategies there. Mm. So talk me through what your programs look like now. So obviously you're coaching indoors, uh-huh. you don't have access to a golf course. Uh-huh. So talk me through what your how you've set your programs up. Yes. So we're we're very lucky in a sense. Many of our members obviously are members of many high-profile golf clubs or many just at any golf course, essentially. We are pretty lucky. Obviously, if if COVID didn't happen, we sort of had a plan um, just before the big lockdown happened. I was essentially full with students. So my max was sort of 50 lessons a week and were were quite stringent in terms of, as I mentioned there, the membership frequency as opposed to someone paying for hours or paying for a number of lessons. Um, actually, going forward next year, I've got all my students booked in for 12 months going going ahead. There's no you know booking in here in time. They don't obviously get charged, but it just gives them maybe a little bit minus on them, but it shows to them, hey, this is your day and time. Almost like a personal trainer for golf, if that makes sense. That's that's what not just I've done, what we try and do at Golf Tech. Um, but how things, I suppose, have changed a little bit is trying to get golfers to be aware that four-week mark between a lesson is very, very close from are you working on the right things? If we don't do online lessons in between, obviously, we'll talk about that. It's just very, very hard to have that progress. So without forcing people, I've sort of pushed the message, hey, I offer our lessons now. Do you want to come and do that? Obviously, a couple have maybe gone by the wayside, but believe it or not, I've actually got a smaller group of students now from 18 months, two years ago. And again, of those 50 individual lessons now, instead of giving you know 45 to 50 people a week, I probably only coach 25 to 30. So that's definitely, that's dwindled in terms of the people, but I'm still coaching as, as many hours. Okay. So what kind of pushback do you get when they can't, 
pre pre-purchase to get that cheaper rate um obviously everyone's used to the buy buy five get yeah. six lesson packages yes. Yes. you're essentially charging your guys the same rate each time they come in mm-hmm. so did you get any pushback from that Great question. So I'm very lucky mentioning um, the, the the team and the business partners. Uh, Sam Latorno, he's essentially member services. So he, he was coaching. He's in his mid-50s now. And we offer what's a, what's called a free game assessment. Um, so obviously many places might do you know a free swing lesson, a free track man session. What we do is we spend about half an hour and he does them. And then obviously any new students then get referred to me uh, more often than not where we look at their golf swing, you know, talk about their game, you know, chipping, pinching, bunker shots, and then obviously work out a day and a time. And then, as you mentioned, there is definitely some pushback and go, hey, I, you know, I'm busy. I don't want to book in every two weeks. We do have the option essentially on the side to go, hey, well, you can just book in one-off sessions. Um, but what we found has been obviously financially viable for the person, which has then allowed them more confidence to book in is we do offer discounted rate as long as they're on a frequency basis. So, for example, a half an hour session on TrackMan um, with me and all our coaches is $90. Obviously, for a lot of places, you might think that's not bad. Many other golfers would say that's quite expensive. But as a, a lesson member, whatever frequency, that comes down to 60. So they are getting a significant discount on the premise that they've got a book in for the year. They've got to pick a, pick a day and time. And if they want to cancel, they can. But it still gets charged. So it's it's not a pay when you have a lesson. It's an ongoing, it's an ongoing thing. So that business model, again, when I first started, it sort of blew my head off. I was very... I suppose, scared, if, if, if I must admit, to try and say that to golfers. Now I'm obviously busier. You can be more confident. And the more we stuck with it, the busier we're getting, believe it or not. Yeah. Well, I think, I think these days people are moving more towards subscription-based stuff. I think you do yeah. it everywhere you you pay your you um you pay everything once subscription you pay yes. your gymnasium you pay your, your streaming accounts you pay Definitely. all your different things yeah. per month so i don't see why golf coaching should be anything out of the ordinary for going down that path as well so mm-hmm. that's really cool okay so talk me through short game lessons how do you handle short game lessons down there indoors yes 100 percent there's barriers we obviously within the facility we don't have grass um but we are pretty lucky um we've got a bunker there we've got some i suppose as close could be as could be to a golf course uh, we recently uh, built a putting studio we've got cameras so yes we don't have the real thing we don't have grass we don't have i suppose the interaction with the ground that golfers would um but i think in many sense maybe doing sort of track man combines um you know giving people you know just general pitching chipping lessons we're definitely missing things, but I suppose going back to when we talk about finding the balance between what we think the golfer needs and what the student wants, and we can push as much as we want, but unfortunately, every golfer keeps coming in with their seven on, hey, mate, can you fix my slice? And I'll go, Jim, we haven't looked at your short game in the last three months. How's that going? And of course, then they mention, oh, it is what it is. So you, you do the best you can in terms of us putting the message, go, hey, we need to look at this space versus them go, I don't want to. And there's obviously a bit of to and fro, but we do the best we can, but we're definitely lacking that element. We do get on the golf course and do the odd clinic and, and half day, but that's probably the only downside to, to what we've got for sure. And that's and that's probably where I was headed as well. So for any any coaching on course, do you, have you got a set up where you go to a, a course where you've done some sort of set up with where you can access the course or do you do it virtually through the TrackMan Sims or how do you do on-course coaching? Yeah, so obviously we, we do have that. We have all the, the TrackMan um, software. Um, obviously the plan was, you know, to do probably 
say five or six um, maybe days a year literally do within one day maybe do say two lots of 18 holes so maybe four students but obviously with COVID and being locked down and coming back I'm so busy I literally have not been able to so unfortunately I have not given an on-course lesson there's definitely plans to um, we have been lucky to take a few members to obviously arrange where we've got a, a little bit of arrangement see some grass but yeah essentially use the software have a look at maybe some skill set you know track man combines um, in that particular space yes well it, it can almost be with stuff like Scott Fawcett stuff, for example, is actually doing s- seminars. You can actually mm. sit them down and talk through course strategy on a computer screen as opposed to actually going out on a course. And it can be sometimes easier to show them what they should be doing on the Definitely. computer screen than actually going out on a course where they've got preconceived ideas. So, okay, that's cool. And, again, you timed it perfectly. You've, you've come down to the worst state in the world <laughs> with regards to, to COVID, yes. unfortunately, uh-huh. in Australia. Um, talk me through how you handled COVID when you got here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I remember we – I can't remember the exact date, but it was sort of mid-February uh, 2020 last year. Wife and I moved, uh, and obviously I felt like I just sort of got my feet where it just got started. Obviously, we then we then got locked down. So um, things were quite challenging, but we're quite lucky uh, in the sense of we sort of worked on projects um, on the side and obviously myself. Um, what we were actually are building at the moment um, – is an AI app uh, with golf swings and movement. So what we actually did for, geez, I reckon three straight months, five days a week, analyze golf swings. So, you know, obviously, you know, got professional swings, looked at looked at all different data points. Uh, so obviously that was tiring, but learn a lot. And now we've now uh, next year, we're then using that for an AI app that we're building, but also it's going to help us maybe build coaching programs, you know, give us some better ideas, how to, how to coach, you know, areas, areas to focus on. Um, but on my, I suppose, my personal lever and, and what I'm bringing to Golf Tech is uh, online lessons, obviously, um, drastically improve FaceTime, um, obviously, sort of help a, a Baden, got to give a, a shout out to Baden. I caught up with him just as we moved through Skillis. That's been, it's, I probably started using that, I would say, maybe three years ago. So maybe a year prior um, for in-person lessons. Obviously, that switched to prim- primarily online. Um and just started doing more socials, you know, putting little bits of content out there, little bits of maybe training videos. Um, 2020 obviously was very, very busy because um, I obviously wasn't coaching in person. I've still got a solid base now, but that last year was just flat knacker with swing swing analysis, online lessons, uh, you know, FaceTimes internationally in the state. And it was just, it was virtual. Yeah, that's all we could do. And it was pretty busy. Now, you've, you've, you've skimmed over something there. AI app sounds interesting. Um, there's there's a couple of them floating around at the moment, and yes. obviously yours is going to be a new one coming out. And you said in 2022, is that when it's, it's yeah? So obviously the the guys Damon, Dion, and Sam are, are doing more the back end. So we did a lot of like an absolute bunch of swing analysis from almost some data points that you never th- you'd never even think about shin angles, you know, elbow angles, and not so much that we would look for that in coaching, but looked at what some of the best players did again in in many many areas, different stages. Um, what I suppose we do is obviously compared to the traditional you know P one P two golf swing positions, we broke it down to uh, the seven stage swing. Got to give um, props to Dion Kipping; he essentially created that. We then modelled the AI app off that. I'm still obviously getting little updates. There's things are still in the works, but essentially, you know, you can send your golf swing in, get some analysis. But then, secondary for that 
if that then flags, say, maybe one or two growth areas where you can improve, we then are going to build um, coaching programs off that. Um, and Dion essentially has been in what we call a morph suit for the last two or three months in studio filming his voiceover. So it's not... I suppose the golfer moving around, it's a voice. It's more, it's more of a structure, um, and then trying to trying to take, I suppose, that scientific knowledge into into a normal golfer and, and some things for them to look at and to improve on. So, it's it's a big change for something that I've I've never even thought about, but it's drastically gonna gonna change the way we coach and improve golfers. Sounds like a part two might be coming into the podcast at some stage <laughs> if you're going to go down that path and yeah. we can get you in to chat a bit about that. So Definitely. It's, uh, it's a space I think it's starting to be explored in golf now. So I think it's uh, it's pretty cool that it is coming coming out and I think that's pretty cool. So talk me through Skillist and how you use Skillist in your coaching program with your students now or is it only for external students or do you tie it in together? Talk me through how you use Skillist. Sure. Um, so when I started three years ago, it essentially was, um, I suppose, a new a new platform that obviously I was doing for live lessons. And then when I obviously it first launched, um, it then obviously just started diving into online. Now it's I purely use it for online. Um, I obviously might have students send me, um, you know, send me swings for checkups. I have monthly subscriptions, um, obviously that excuse me, that we've talked about. Um, it is purely an online space for me. Um, the reason I've chosen is the analysis tool is fantastic. Just the ease of use um, in the platform of, you know, sending videos. Um, golfers can send, I suppose, as many check-ins as they want, um, you know, paying a, a monthly fee. Um, but also it's it's such great integration. It's now got Zoom within the app, so we can do FaceTimes. I've got a, I've got a couple of guys um, I've been working with basically for two years straight internationally. Um, and it's just, it's so good to see, for example, I've got a couple of guys in America, it's freezing cold and they're sending me, you know, range swings, you know, in a park of borderline snow. And obviously I'm, I'm hot here in Melbourne some days. And I just think this has just completely changed the way, the way golf is. And it just makes, just as a golf coach and as a PGA member, it makes me proud to think how far we've come at demographic now or geography doesn't really need to limit how you improve. And it's it's certainly changed the way I've coached and I, I think golfers can very much improve from anywhere in the world, really. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool space to be involved with and there's quite a few different apps out there and you obviously find one that, mm. that works personally for yourself and you've you've set yourself up really well. Um, but it is, a, it is a cool space and it's constantly growing and it essentially, again, gives you access to golfers from all around the world. Yes. And that was something I, I found. I came from country – um, Australia and went into the city and I used to find it weird that golfers wouldn't travel for a coaching session. They wouldn't travel more than just in their, their yeah. close area, yes. which I thought was really weird. Mm -hmm. um, but with this online space, you get access to golfers from everywhere in the world. And exactly. It's, it's a great way to improve your coaching and um, also get some more income coming in. Definitely, yes. Which is always a positive. So mm -hmm. being in that online space obviously leads to the fact that you blow up my Instagram constantly <laughs> with all your, your different coaching tips and things like that. So talk me through how you use socials to promote yourself or and get your coaching ideas out there. 
for sure. Um, definitely think since things, things have been back or maybe been not as active, but definitely through lockdown and just ongoing, it's it's something that I suppose has changed from now from when I first started. Obviously, we talked about before, I definitely was putting out, you know, three or four years ago, your generic tips, you know, maybe ideas that golfers would want. Now it's very much based around maybe, you know, little bits from a, you know, a FaceTime lesson I might do with, say, an international student, uh, maybe a small section of a training video and maybe yeah, something unique, uh, maybe something that a golfer's never seen, a specific, a specific training drill, um, you know, maybe a, a golfer practicing, um, just trying to put out maybe some of the ideas that I do, not necessarily giving away free information like like I used to and we all used to, but just giving some ideas again, hey, I maybe like the way that guy um, goes about things, that's maybe a little bit different and it's, it's good to see not just... I think the positive stuff, but maybe some some different points of view um, for golf coaching and and for students. Is there is there a formal plan that you put into place for how you use socials? Do you tend to stick to the one platform, or do you do you have different channels out there? And is there different strategies for the, each of the channels? Mm-hmm. Primarily at the moment, obviously Instagram, which links into Facebook. Instagram's my main thing. Definitely had have have had a bit of a look at YouTube. It's something I'm going to maybe push on to more uh, next year. Um, but for the moment, maybe sort of socials in terms of Instagram and then maybe let that lead to obviously my skillless profile or obviously um, in, in person uh, at Golf Tech. Obviously, I'm, I'm somewhat combining that soon, um, which again, when we maybe do a 2.0, we can talk about um some ideas that we're going to do, um, but it's it's definitely about obviously putting some information out there. Maybe then giving them options to go if that person maybe likes you know the train of thought, the training drill, then give them some options online, and then uh, and then progress from there. Well, you've probably got a cool space because you're you're set up indoors where you've got that controlled environment to do some live streams, for example, or film some pretty high quality YouTube. Yes. content so it, it can be tough sometimes to get good quality outdoor stuff so definitely inside would certainly help with that i would think mm-hmm. definitely and but definitely definitely lucky too obviously i won't spin you around but i'm very lucky to have a bit of an indoor setup here obviously if the, if the weather's not great here which it can be very fickle here in melbourne um if i'm not working um Obviously, just just earlier, I actually just finished some um, just online online lessons earlier this afternoon. Coach this morning, come come home and did some online lessons. So, the the coaching space and role, I think, for me is very very much changed. It's just not one place. I might do obviously some videos, do something for an online lesson. I think, hey, that might be a good post for next week. You know, a training drill of of whatever specific movement. Um, and then I suppose just trying just trying to put that out there the best I can. Um, but even indoors here in the garage uh, is is sometimes a good little space. And I try to maybe have fun with it here and there. I might always not have my shoes on. Just sort of change it up. Don't try and be generic. You know, don't don't try and do the same thing all the time. Because as we know, information is obviously great with coaching at the moment. It's it's definitely improved. There's there's still different opinions and ideas, but information is much more mainstream let's say so maybe sometimes maybe just you know being a bit quirky maybe talking about things in a different light just to attract maybe not more audience but a different audience and and different ways for golfers to think about getting better it is something that i've i've seen in some of your clips is the 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 just only in socks or just without <laughs> shoes on at all yes it's, um it's like hang on a sec okay this is this is not quite professional enough but it if it works it works and yeah Again, we're hopefully we're changing that idea of, of our sport being a stuffy sport where you have to wear this and do that. So I don't think as a major issue. So, yeah. but it did it did catch my eye. 
that that was the goal of it, believe it or not. I, I remember I was doing a tip one night uh, and the dog, I, was, I remember I had to do a couple of takes that we had a puppy at the time last year and he was sort of biting on the um, on the tripod. I was, you can actually probably hear him barking now. Uh, he was on the tripod and my wife said, hey, you know, like this is a good drill. You bet you've been doing stuff. Why don't you just go and put a funky shirt on? And little things like that got a view, believe it or not. They liked the drill, but it just stood out and actually got, got some clients from it, believe it or not. I haven't got I haven't got any issue with that whatsoever because it then it turns it into something that feels like it's just done on the spot and it feels yeah. nice and casual and again people that tune into this podcast quite often have probably heard my rescue puppy um, tip tapping through the house you can yeah. hear when I'm talking sometimes and we have picked up your your puppy barking as oh, well no, so I'm sorry, sure <laughs> I'm sure they'll hear that throughout the podcast as well but again it gives it a more casual feel so I've, I've yes. got no issue with that whatsoever. Now, you've set yourself up there with a bit of a coaching team yes. from what I can see online. So it's not just pure golf swing technique, which I think is where all good golf, golf, good golf coaches should be going if they haven't gone there already. So talk me through who you've got inside of your coaching team. Definitely. Um, so obviously the, the main guys, uh, De- Dion Kipping at Golf Tech, he's, um, he's obviously one of the business owners and he's obviously lucky in a sense. Um, he essentially coaches two days a week. That's it. Uh, he's very lucky in the sense he's had some of his clients anywhere from five to ten years. Uh, so he's full, so to speak. He's we, we still work as a team, so he's full. Uh, I'm now what we call a senior coach, so I'm getting very close to being full. We're, we're taking on a couple of coaches, uh, hopefully early next year, which is good as, as we grow, obviously, touch wood coming out of COVID. Um, so I got him from, I suppose, a golf instruction side, maybe communication side. And then I'm lucky Sam, more, I suppose, a, the senior um, the senior mentor in the sense of helping with relationships, maybe um, retention. So, and then also Damon sort of uh, behind the scenes. He's not a golf professional, but he's very much in the analytics business side of things. He's got a lot to do with AI. So, Obviously, got the WhatsApp, got the group chat like we all do. And, and every day, I, I probably chew their ear off. I probably ask them too many questions. Um, but we're always talking about ideas. How can we can get better? What product can we do? And I suppose we say at the end of the day, you give someone a good product, you give them a good golf lesson, they're going to be happy. They're going to come back. And, you know, we all benefit, the you know, golf benefits and, and the business benefits. Have you set up anything with outside service providers, say physical trainers or sports psychs or someone that you send people off to if you see certain things? D- definitely have. It's, we haven't physically done it in writing. We've, we've been in talks the last couple of months. We've got um, quite a few members that are physical therapists, uh, physios, um, trainers, all that sort of stuff um, within the area. Um, I've actually been um, in touch quite a bit myself. He's, he's helped me with my own body. Um, ben Taylor. Aussie, Aussie golf doctor there on Instagram. I don't know if you've seen him. Uh, no, I he, haven't seen him. He's he's fantastic. Um, g'day, Ben, if you're listening to this, buddy. Um, he's someone that I'm planning on maybe just before Chrissy or the New Year, go and see myself and start to build, build a little bit of a relationship with uh, in terms of the body. Um, he actually had me on his little podcast that he did for his his clients, which is which was nice of him. Uh, so people like that just maybe that understand not so much golf side swing of things, but how the body moves. Um, obviously, I've got a background in TPI um, myself, so I can I can bring that um, you know golf specific movement from there. But we haven't got anything in writing, but we're always talking to people. We're looking at building relationships, and me constantly. I probably annoy people. I, I send many coaches messages. You know, TPI people always you know, always bringing the message around. You know, many coaches you've probably obviously had on here, Ryan, um, Toby McGeechy. I'm sure he's probably another guy on your hit list. Um, many yes. of those sort of guys. We're always talking and. Um, 
I think we just want to help each other. It's it's not hidden anymore. We we know golf's important, but obviously the sports science things, maybe the physiotherapy and again just just trying to build the circle as much as we can because we you know we all want to get better we all want to improve and um i think golf swing as we know is only a small part of it and the more we can branch out and, and bring a team environment's only going to help going to help golfers of, of all ages yeah it is it's something that has certainly changed over over time and um i probably got exposed to that type of team set up when i was a trainee myself so we had right. guys like ramsey mcmaster and wow. and those guys that have been around forever um yeah and just shared their information you, you just got to see how good it could work if you had those experts to come in and help you with those players and definitely how many changes you could actually do to a player's swing just by getting them to move better as opposed to working on a technique exactly um in the actual goal swing so i think it's really cool that you're going down that space as well so mate you've added about five people to my my hit list now good 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 for the actual podcast which i think is is actually really cool because i said i've got a, a big long podcast list anyway Can imagine. So. There's, there's there's a lot of good girls and guys coaches of all ages but i think obviously the the younger grades so to speak is maybe maybe getting the message out there because of socials and whatnot but um yeah i've probably listed a few but i'm sure you've got many that uh, i haven't listed that are doing great stuff and i i think the great thing is at the end of the day in in my opinion i'm sure many of many of those will agree we're not again against each other we're all here to give the best message we can we help each other and the more we succeed the better golfers get the better it off we are the more successful pga is and and golf is so i think you know having a round table so to speak is is only positive i think hopefully maybe sometime outside of covid once we get back to some sort of normal we might get a bit of a group thing going where we get everyone in the same room and get a bit of a group chat great idea. that'd be be pretty cool but for anyone out there just tuning in that isn't a golf coach i am keen to get some people outside of the golf industry on the on the show definitely um, i've got some sports scientists coming on shortly as well so um so there's some, some pretty right. cool things coming out in the next few weeks um but i there's a few questions that i like to show throughout everybody which mm-hmm. you being someone that has tuned to the podcast in the past you do know uh-huh. these are coming so we'll throw those at you now so for golf coaches or coaches in general starting out what have you got for them what would you say to them if they're just getting started yeah, so maybe maybe somewhat of a, maybe a common trend, a couple of answers and a couple not so common. I think is definitely the more you can get exposed to high level coaching, whether obviously it's yourself as as you're going through, you know the starting program, maybe trainees, you know, just getting into coaching or coming out. Um, in my opinion, nothing beats seeing coaches that you were, that obviously are more successful, more experienced, seeing that. So shadowing. Uh, are sure that many of us mention, um, but I think even in the space of maybe put put your information out there in terms of not so much tips, maybe some ideas. Like I mentioned, I, I started doing and I still do. Um, don't be afraid to even you know film. You know, don't afraid. Don't be afraid to sound silly. I, I look back at some of my old Instagram lessons, and again, I cringed in comparison to now. I had zero idea how to communicate. You know, visuals, but. That's how I got confident. That's how I got confident delivering the message. I think as coaches, physically coaching, understanding the swing is probably, I'm not going to say easy, but one of the easier parts. Maybe communicating, delivering a message specifically is probably the most important, but I think overlooked. Uh, So don't be afraid to just, you know, chuck the phone on, put your information out there, uh, reach out to other coaches. Don't don't feel like you've 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 got to keep it in. You've got to keep it to yourself. Um, and you go to seminars, look look at YouTube videos, anything you can in your mind to broaden your knowledge. But just be mindful what what you spit out is is very very important. 
And I, I would, I think that's really good advice. The fact that don't be afraid to put yourself out there early on. Don't be afraid to. It'll only get better by yes. getting it out there to start with. So. If you wait until it's perfect before you actually never start it. putting it yeah. out there, you won't do it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, we had this chat with one of the guests on the podcast a few weeks ago. Um, I don't know if you heard the one with Brent Dale, but he was saying the Been same chatting thing. with Brent, actually? Yeah. Yeah, no, he's, he's a really good operator and he started his own podcast as well. So shout out to yes. his one, the, the Golf Performance Podcast. I think it's what he's called. He's another one, never actually met, but we've had plenty of chats. Brent, he's a, he's a good man. So he'd be certainly worth tuning into his podcast as well. But again, get started. Just give it a crack. It's so easy these days to turn your phone on yourself and definitely and and just try it out. So I like that advice. Really, really cool things there. Okay, so for players out there, what advice have you got for golfers? A specific golfer or just a generalization? Where do you where you, you can sit go with? Okay, either way you want. It's up to you. All right, I'll, I'll give you two answers. First, I suppose we'll go with maybe. The more common golfer we teach, let's say, obviously, majority of them, obviously, you know, have, you know, professional careers, families, lives. So they're not striving to do that for a living, but obviously, whether they're brand new to the game, they've been playing for 20 years, they, they just want to enjoy it and I suppose reach their potential. And a couple of points, but I think number one, um, and, you know, Ryan, uh, Mr. Monet has, has mentioned this, find a golf coach that you like and you understand, invest your time and your money with them and obviously if you see that they're giving it back to you, obviously is so important. Stick with them. Don't don't look for maybe again the easy answer, the cheap lesson. Invest in them again. See obviously if you enjoy your golf. Yes, it's a hobby, but it's a passion for many of us. Invest your time, invest your money, and stick to a plan with a coach. And I think we say you know with with many areas of our skill development that obviously we've talked about in in many uh, many years with the PGA and whatnot is. Work continuously, little often. Don't again. Don't just come back when things aren't working. You know, don't don't check in with your coach when you feel like, oh, I might be struggling. Have a continuous plan. You know, have have something on a regular basis, and just do as much as you can. Create that team, that team atmosphere, and and stick with that guy or girl, and 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 don't look back. Cool. And the second answer you said you had in there? I did. Yeah. So for more, I suppose, maybe golfers wanting to maybe on the elite level, whether it's amateurs, new pros, um, I would say a, a similar answer in the sense of if, if something isn't working, but you've had success in the past, you know, with a, with a long-term coach, don't, don't jump to the greatest fad. Don't go to the instructor that's, you know, maybe putting messages out that has more players. Stick to that. But also, again, get that team around you like we just talked about, you know, maybe physical trainers, um, you know, mental coaches, physios, all that sort of stuff. Um, and, again, just invest in yourself and do the best you can. Playing playing golf versus having a good golf swing, we know there's – they need we need both. At the end of the day, it's about the score. Development yourself the best you can. Get the best team around you and, again, just Stick to it. Don't don't go looking for different messages in different places. Really cool advice. I like that a lot. Um, now I'm going to half answer this question for you. The next one coming up. So, <laughs> is there anything that you would change in your past up until now that um, you, would, if you could go back and change it? Now, the first thing that I want to change is you as a trainee giving the PJ Academy staff such a hard time for the the time that you're in the program. You need to go back to you as a year one trainee and say, pull your head in and do the work properly I to start agree. with. agree. <laughs> and you'll be fine. No, mate, that's fine. Um, is there anything that, that you would change? Yeah, for sure. Like de- definitely on that front, obviously – as people, you know, obviously, you know, I was very, very young when I started at early, you know, 20, 21, quite, quite young. 
possibly, I suppose at the time I thought I was ready because, again, obviously, you know, finished school, um, you know, didn't know what I wanted to do, you know, all that, as many, you know, boys and girls who were 18, going out drinking, you know, trying to pursue golf. I, I knew golf was my passion, but I almost jumped into, into it too early. I believe it or not, I probably would have waited a couple of years before I physically started my traineeship. I would have maybe even started even not getting paid for coach, looking into coaching a little bit earlier, maybe game development, um, you know, golf swing development, maybe having a little bit more knowledge. So then when I went to those, you know, academic things, had to do assignments, I'd be better equipped. I, I've always been someone that if I like something, I go full steam ahead. If I don't, I struggle, a la assignments. But I, I definitely would have applied myself in a different way. But in hindsight, I probably would have weighed a little bit more until I was a bit more mature and Probably would have had, I wouldn't say better outcome, but probably would have had a better better run through things, wouldn't have taken as long and um, just would have been more ready for it um, than, than what I was at that age. That's cool. I like that answer. So five years' time, where do you see yourself? Now, you can answer this from you as a coach or you in, from coaching golf in, in general. You've obviously got the the app coming out, so that's probably obviously where you're headed with, with that side of mm-hmm. where you think golf coaching is going. But personally, in five years' time, where do you see yourself? Great. Yeah, great point. Um, probably got a few thoughts, but I think in general, obviously, number one thing is – have the same passion I do now, if, if not improve it. You know, keep keep the fire burning. Um, you know, don't be afraid to learn. Obviously, and I'm confident I will. If if I'm not further advanced in terms of my knowledge, maybe not so much my students, but what I can give my students, I'm obviously not doing my job. Um, but I think I definitely would like to maybe have maybe some ownership in golf tech. Maybe even open um, my own space, my academy, sort of take it, take it on my own, so to speak. Maybe starting start employing other coaches, but just maybe you know. Put have more available the other branches on the tree if that makes sense. So keep doing what I'm doing, get stronger as a coach, keep my passion going, but try and I suppose improve my brand, make, make the model a little bit better, and um, getting more out of what I do. That makes so much sense, and I think that's really cool goals to have. I think it's good that you're you're planning ahead that you aren't just getting going to be doing the same thing over and over again. Yes. Um, for, 20 30 40 years so it's good that you've got some goals where you can move move forward which i think is is a huge positive definitely okay so you've given us lots of different sources of information that you go to all the way through the podcast is there anything specific that you haven't mentioned yet that you that you go to is there a go-to podcast or site or somewhere that you go to to, to gain some more information sure well, there's a little bit definitely yours is number one that's done and i've, I've got to say <laughs> thank you for you know i'm not just saying that there definitely is all the all the different coaches, obviously, you know, different ages, you know, boys, girls, you know, even even um, um, professionals that aren't in, in, I suppose, the golf teaching area, listening to, I suppose, not so much people's backgrounds, but the way they deliver messages, the communication, again, just the passion they have, looking looking at other areas. Uh, I'm definitely someone I like listening to podcasts. I'm a big fan of Gary Vee. Uh, many, as I'm sure many of us are, looking for not just golf specific, but many things, how to grow as a person, how to, how to build your business, how to get more out of what you do. Um, in terms of, excuse me, in terms of uh, coaching, I, I definitely tend to go towards Mark Crossfield, believe it or not, online. Um, obviously, he's someone that I've never met. Um, the reason I love watching him, and believe it or not, I actually watched some of his old videos from like eight, ten years ago, and he'll probably cringe at what they are. Him giving live lessons, like back then, chuck the camera on, live, raw information, just 
maybe just a very different way about coaching. So he was, I think, a big believer of, you know, maybe one of the first proponents of launch monitors back in those days, just maybe altering the golf club to do something, just, just different ways of making that golfer better. But again, obviously, ways of just learning more, looking what people do from maybe other other areas, other industries that just have more experience, just to again keep keep the passion going, keep growing, and um, yeah, doing the best we can. Not really, really cool. There's some there's some good pieces of, well, there's some good people in that in that conversation there. So certainly, Mark's got some. He's, he's got his own podcast out there now, yeah. and he's, that's um, a good one. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's he, he, he tends to polarize people, I think, sometimes. But he's, he's he. He loves to challenge things, yeah. Which is cool, which is all part of the fun. And if yeah. you, every every person that you hear speak, if you pick up a couple of things, and it's worth tuning into, isn't it? So definitely, no, I would certainly point you towards his podcast as well, mate. Thank you so much for coming in and talking to me tonight. I really appreciate your time. Um, as I said, we'll probably have to do a part two at some stage when you get that up up. up. Um, going definitely and get that out there so definitely get you back on at some stage once that's up and running but where can people find you now I'll give you give your socials a plug give your site a plug sure um and thank you so much for having me mate really really do appreciate it um so i am on socials obviously on instagram and facebook instagram's my uh main source uh it's just rm golf um named regan mcgovern you'll obviously you'll find me there uh and golftech.com.au is our specific website um you probably may not find me directly as in because i'm fairly busy um so yeah just just uh, reach out me to instagram um I suppose send me a message and I always get back to everyone as soon as I can. Obviously I get quite a few messages as we all do, but just reach out to me. I'm, I'm happy to answer any questions anyone has, whether it's upcoming coaches, students, uh, that, that's the, the best point of contact and that's what I use the most. Awesome, mate. I will put links in the show notes for everybody so they can, they can find you and um, it has a, now that you're based down here, we'll get to catch up for a beer in person at some exactly. stage and, Definitely, mate. And, and talk some golf coaching. So, mate, thanks again for your time. I, I appreciate it so much, and we'll catch up real soon. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Um, thanks so much for what you're doing with the podcast and uh, what you do for us PGA members and golfers, and um, keep up with the work, buddy. <laughs>